When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Broken tackle by Debo Samuel. Runs for a first down 30, 20, 15, 10, 5. Touchdown! San Francisco! What an absolute beast, Debo Samuel. What is good, everybody? Welcome to the Gold Standard Podcast Network Instant Reaction Podcast. I am Rob Stats Guerrera here with you on a glorious glorious Sunday afternoon as the 49ers dominate the Philadelphia Eagles in Philadelphia and get a 42 to 19 victory. Oh baby, it feels good. And it doesn't mean anything for the playoffs, but I got to tell you, it feels damn good to see the 49ers go into Philly and punk the Eagles on their own field. And I don't want to hear anything from Eagles fans. I don't want to hear that your defense was tired. I don't want to hear that you're coming off emotional games to the Chiefs and Bills. I don't want to hear anything, okay? Your coach was sitting there showing the the clips of the 49ers talking trash all week, all right? I don't want to hear any damn excuses. You got your ass handed to you on your own field. And I don't want to hear anything. Sit there and take it. We got beat by the better team today. That's all I want to hear out of you, Philly. And all your stupid Eagle fans that are in my mentions all game long, shut the hell up. Okay, don't tell me about the Rocky statue. Don't tell me about all this other crap. You even had one of your heads of security trying to get, you know, Dre Greenlaw ejected, all right? And we still kicked your ass. So shut up and take it, Philly. I love Speaking it. of him, that, that's the point. I want to get that out of the way so we can concentrate on the game. That guy should never be allowed on an NFL sideline again. Agreed. Period. It's a line that can never, ever, ever be crossed. And, you know, I saw a former player, I forget which one, because a lot of them are commenting on it, say that somebody like that that's not a coach, Aziz. a security person, should never touch the white. You know, oh. there's like a five-yard, there's like, uh, I think it's three or four yards worth of white sideline, and that's where, like, the players and coaches can be. A security person should never go inside those white lines because they're there to control the fans. They're not there to control the other players. The fact he crossed that line, made contact, caused somebody to get ejected, the guy should not be allowed to work in the NFL again, period. For the record, it's still on Greenlaw because he's the one that's in the dungeon. He deserved to be ejected. He overreacted. But that's ridiculous, and there should be some sort of consequence. But screw that. Let's talk about the good stuff. Now we can move on, but I I needed to get that out of the way because that's inexcusable. And there's so much good to start with, but we'll start with Debo Samuel because 4 King Crazy says Debo does Philly. He had a lot of answering to do because he called Bradbury trash and Bradbury was right there before the game in the scrum in the pregame. And boy, did Debo answer it. Four catches for 116 yards, two touchdowns, three carries for 22 yards and a touchdown. 19 backed up all the trash from the off season and dominated. He was the best receiver on the field today. Yeah. He had a big game. I thought it was going to be Ayuk, but I think that Purdy just couldn't get the time to find Ayuk consistently. It was Debo. They got, they got the ball to Debo in space and he did what Debo does in space. Best game of the season for Debo. Oh yeah. Without a doubt. Uh, nerd zero loco. Thank you for becoming a YouTube channel member. If you want to become a YouTube channel member, please do. It's less than $3 a month. You get custom emojis, you get membership, uh, badges, you get uh, priority comment response and a follow up on Twitter from me. If you 
would like it. There are so many super chats. I want to get to everybody's uh, comments here. Larkin, YouTube channel member, says the empty seats and crushing silence tell a tragic story. Eagles fans are a joke. Go Niners. Hashtag Brock 40. They were booing going into halftime. They were booing going into halftime. They were booing in the third quarter. They were booing in the fourth quarter. And... They were gone in the fourth quarter. <laughs> Let me just say this, okay? We played Dallas in week five, and we kicked the hell out of Dallas. We play the Eagles on their field in week 13, and we kick the hell out of the Eagles. Every major player that the 49ers have faced, that's their competition, the Niners have destroyed them. And I've said it. How often have I said it, Levin? When the 49ers play their best football, nobody is beating them. Nobody. And the Niners had negative six yards in the first quarter, and they still dropped 40 on the Eagles. They scored on six straight drives after those first two drives Philly never stopped them until if you want to count the end of the game when the Niners weren't really trying to do anything anymore the Niners once they made their adjustments because I think they came out trying to like pass in a certain spot and that's what Philly came out taking away and it took them two drives to be like all right we're going to change it right once they did there was Philly had no answer that defense had no answer and I got to give hats off to the offensive line because they were terrible early. But in that second half, they dominated the line of scrimmage. The Philly defensive line was not a factor in this game after the first couple drives. I think they got tired, man. Like, you know, I I kept putting up the slides Mm -hmm. before the game because it was relevant. The last two weeks obviously doesn't count today, but they were on the field for 166 plays in over an hour of actual game time. That's a big deal. And that's not an excuse for Philly. The 49ers have had the worst rest rest differential in the league this year. So I'm not giving the Eagles an excuse, but I'm telling you, I think they got tired. Um, I'm sure they did. After that first quarter, there was 13 minutes of time of possession for Philly. Just two minutes. It was 26 to, I think, uh, 18 in favor of the uh, 49ers. It was such a beautiful game. And it didn't start out like 49er games usually do, right? It wasn't Niners score, get a stop, score again, and then just ride out the the lead the rest of the way. The 49ers defense kept this game from getting away from them on the first two drives with the way they clamped down in the red zone because Philly was going right down the field on the opening drive. And then they got into the red zone and they just sputtered. They tried to run it. Eagles could not run the ball all game long. 49ers were awesome against the run in this game. They didn't really run Hurts that much. I don't even know if they did a single quarterback draw, actually, in the whole game. The Eagles had 46 yards on 18 carries for 2.6 yards per carry. Their longest run on the day was seven yards, and it was a Jalen Hurts scramble. Niners defense deserves a ton of credit for this game. Yeah, I mean, do we give party credit? for actually responding in a tough situation. I know the Niners had a big lead the whole second half, but it was 6-0, and the offense looked like crap. They looked uh, out of sync in those first two drives. I mean, negative six yards in the first two drives. And then they responded. Purdy had four touchdowns in this game, no turnovers. Which, by the way, there were zero turnovers in this game. I kept waiting for one one to happen to one of the teams, and it, it never happened, zero turnovers. But Purdy had four touchdowns in this game, 300 yards. He had 148.8 rating. Like, does he get credit? Because this is on the road against a Super Bowl contender that's 10-1. and He should get credit. He absolutely should. He steadied the ship, man. There was a third and seven. Before the first big Debo touchdown, it was third and seven. And I thought it was a critical, critical third down because the Eagles had just had that drive where Dreenlaw got thrown out. There was a bunch of penalties by the Niners that gave the Eagles some yardage and they used the brotherly shove to score the touchdown. And they were like, yeah, we're coming back in this game. Here we come. Here's Philly. We're going to do this thing. This is what we do. And it was third and seven and Brock dropped back and he got time to throw and he hit Ayuk for the first down. And I think it was like two plays later. Debo took off for the touchdown, but I think that third and seven play was massive by the 49ers. Cause if they don't get it, then they go three and out after the Eagles have all this momentum and the Eagles have scored and Dre Greenlaw's out of the game. It changed the whole game, but they converted and they got the touchdown and that was it. How spicy do you think the press conferences are going to be? You think th- 
both teams are just going to like downplay it. I think it's going to be a nothing burger. I think both teams are just going to be like, we're moving on. And they're well, going to try not to play it up because they don't want a playoff matchup to be about that again. That Lenore shot on Swift at the end of the mm-hmm. game where he destroyed him. Legal hit, by the way, yeah. could cause some controversy. But we got a bunch of super chats. I want to get to everybody. Thank you yeah. so much, everyone. Uh, Sinan or Sinan, I apologize, says, what a win, baby. Would love to bathe in those Eagles fans' tears. Love you guys and keep up the great work. Sending all the love from Germany. We had a lot of people from Germany reach out yeah, to me. Do. It's really cool. To see all the love in Germany. So thank you. Ben Taylor says, lost every single parlay and don't care. <laughs> love this team. Get them stats. I'm fired up. I'm sorry. I am fired up. Okay. And, you know, a lot of people are bringing up the tweet that I had on November 20th, where I said, hey, I don't want any part of the Eagles because they're really good and they never die. Right. This is the tweet. If you're watching on the stream, it said, I want no part of the Eagles. They're unflappable. doesn't matter how they've played, what's happened or what the weather is. When it comes time to make a play, they make it again and again and again. 49ers solved that, Levin. Turns out, just be up by three scores in the fourth quarter and you don't have to worry about it. <laughs> yeah, I want, I want a part of the Eagles. I wanted every part of the Eagles in this game. This was as nervous as I've been going into a regular season game. Like This is right up there with that game against Seattle in the final week yes. in the division. Um, but outside of that, I, I had to put this up here. Is somebody uh, like impersonating me or, or, or what is this? Because either that's my wife upstairs or that is somebody's impersonating me and decided to become a YouTube member using the moniker Dubum, like uh, I've had on Twitter. And like, I'm pretty sure I have a YouTube account that uses that moniker. Well, I don't think anyone cares enough about you to impersonate you. So I'm just going to just going to throw that out there. Um, okay. Samuel Bonilla, cry, Eagles cry. Love that. KMBR tweeted out a 49ers highlight and said, bye, Eagles, bye. Mm-hmm. I like that. Jason PDSI, I haven't felt this good about a regular season win since Dallas in 1994. Wow, Jason. You are, that is going back a ways. So shout out to you. Respect for you for the Niner love. Antonio, YouTube channel member, says, holy bleep, what just happened? Is this a dream? 42 to 19, Levin. They dropped, they played the Cowboys. They dropped 42. They played the Eagles. They dropped 42. The Niners have played their. I, I wore this both times on purpose because those are his former teams. Ah, the TO <laughs> jersey. The Niners have played their best against the best competition this year. Yeah. They have played up to the level of competition consistently. Uh, Edgar, shout out to you, YouTube channel member for three months, says, should the seventh rounder be the MVP? He's got to be in the conversation at this point. He has to be. 19 of 27 for Brock, 314 yards, not one, not two, not three, but four touchdowns in the game. I know Dak Prescott's playing really well. Guess what? Dak's doing it against a bunch of tomato cans for the most part. All right. Go look at Purdy's stats against the Niners and the Eagles. He has eight touchdowns and no interceptions in those two games. Yes. He's got to be in the MVP conversation. I think the top three are Dak, Tua, and Purdy which is funny because coming into this season, those might've been the three quarterbacks that were the most like, all right, we're going to judge you this season on whether or not you're the real deal. Right. right. Coming into the year, all three of those were like, all right, jury's out on you. We need, we need to see what you really are. And those are the three, I think at this point, they have to be the three leaders for the MVP. I would say so. I mean, how do you not put Brock there? Like 314 yards, four touchdowns. My God. He absolutely deserves to be there. This should be, this is not the best part of the win. The best part of the win is the actual win. But one of the nice parts is the Niners win this game. It's going to be a coronation this week. Everybody's going to have nothing but nice things to say about the 49ers. And guess what? I'm here for it, man. I love these weeks. I love this job anyway. But weeks like this, oh, this is good. Yeah, uh, I I would love to run into some Eagle fans this week which I don't really see them around too much. I'm in Pittsburgh. I'm in the state of Pennsylvania, but I think Eagle fans like just don't wear their stuff around. I'm sure there are some, like you're in the same state. I I, I literally couldn't tell you the last time I saw an Eagles paraphernalia or whatever you want to call it, apparel on somebody around this town. But it's a, a beautiful week to walk around in Niner gear. I will probably wear Niner gear every day, which isn't that uncommon for me anyways. I probably wear Niner gear like, five to six days a week during the season. 
Uh, I got a buddy that lives in Philly. He texted me, quote, all I hear are people screaming in my neighborhood. They're in total disbelief. Yes. Soak in those Eagle fan tears. Obi-Wan 49 says Debo's 42 yard touchdown. The way he burst through the middle reminded me of Rice's 81 yarder versus Dallas in 95. What a thing of beauty. Niners Rice before the game. Yeah. Jerry Rice before the game, taking out the Super Bowl rings, and then he left one on his middle finger there. Uh, a little make sure that was the one that he raised and showed to the crowd. Yeah, yep. beautiful. That's why you're the goat. Uh, the Niners, I think, got away with a little bit of a hold on the long Debo touchdown, but you know what? I don't care, man. There were other plays that, that in other games that the Niners should have got a call and didn't get a call. I don't want to hear the excuses from Eagles fans because you got work. Take away that touchdown. The Niners still win by multiple scores. So I don't want to hear anything about it. And if you're watching on the stream, I'm going to try and bring up the uh, Jerry Rice video. There he is right there. (laughs) Raising it up to everybody. All right, let's see if we can uh, get through the rest of these super chats. Chase in Scottsdale. BCB, so much red in the stands. Simply beautiful. Yeah, it looked like Christmas celebration in the stands because you had the Eagles green and the Niners red. Yeah, we'll, uh, it'll be interesting to see if these two teams play in the playoffs, how much, the, if the Niners have to go there, how much the Niners can get in during a playoff game. Like, boy, yep. if these two teams face off in the playoffs, Woo! that game, it will be maybe the most anticipated, like, conference matchup of the last 20 years. Since Niners-Cowboys, I would say, right? I, I would maybe go on, you're talking about in the 90s? I'm talking about, yeah, since the 90s, yeah, yeah. probably. Yeah, it, it, it might be like that. That's this rivalry. If both these teams can stay good for the next couple of years, it's going to hit that level. Chris Waddell says, so awesome. First quarter had me worried, but otherwise the only complaint I had is Lane never getting called for a false start, which he did. And the second 15-yarder on Dre should have been offsetting. The 49ers, we've seen this with the Niners. When they, and Greg Olson, I thought, did a good job. When they go backwards or don't gain anything on first down, mm-hmm. the drive really suffers. It really throws them off. And that's what was happening on the first two possessions. They just couldn't get it going. People were flipping out because Christian McCaffrey didn't touch the ball. I was definitely mm-hmm. flipping out because I wanted them mm-hmm. to run it a little more. But after that, touchdown, 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 touchdown. That's not an exaggeration. That is literally <laughs> what happened in the game. Yeah, and and they had penalties on those other drives too. I I I'm going off memory here, but I think three of the drives had a penalty that made it first and longer than 10. And they managed to still go down and score a touchdown. So they kind of bucked that trend, so to speak. I, I think they put a lot of things to bed in this game. A lot a lot of their issues offensively that you go, well, can they, can they not? You put it to bed. One, they didn't jump out to a big lead. They became a front runner, but they got punched first. Yep. And they responded. That's the first time this season they've done that. And then, you know, you can put to bed. All right. It was a wet game. It stopped raining before the game, but it was very wet at the start of the game. Pretty had a pretty good game. I don't think you put that one to bed, but it was encouraging is the way I would put it. It was encouraging to see him play in wet conditions and not have issues. And then the other one I think that you can put to bed is that this offensive line will get destroyed against the Philadelphia defensive line, which is what I anticipated coming in. And it sure looked like that early, but like I said, they responded. And I think they had a, a very, very good game. And uh shout out to my mother who must be watching. Cause that's my mother. <laughs> wow. Well, there you go. Uh, shout out to uh, your mom. That is, that is always good. Carol Black. New YouTube Carol. member for the people on the podcast. that don't Yeah, know. Carol, you get the double arm pump for that one. All right, uh, let's keep going here. Chris Maldonado says, already hearing we play dirty. Man, get the hell out of here with that. What's the dirty play? The Greenlaw play? If you want to call that dirty, okay. He got flagged for it and thrown out of the game as a result. So you're going to talk to one tackle? We play dirty? All right, your right tackle false starts every play. So get out of here with that. Uh, Chris Waddell, let's see. Okay, sorry. I'm a little behind in the super chats. Benjamin Bear, thank you very much for the super chat. YouTube channel member, one of the uh, biggest supporters of the show. Thank you very much. I Scott says, no, we need the cowgirls to step up. That's right. Next week. Yeah, I know. Eagles, Cowboys. Mm-hmm. When Jalen Hurts was getting checked for the concussion, I was like, oh, oh man. Boy. Yeah. Because it was Swift. I I wouldn't be shocked if Swift is in concussion protocol this week. If Hurts had a concussion and then had to go through the protocol that week, that would have been a whole different thing. But I, no. I will say I I had the thought. 
that when he went into the locker room, the reports were he's being evaluated for a concussion. If you're going to the locker room to be reported for a con- or be uh, checked for a concussion, how do you come back into the game? Because that's stuff that can be done on the side. So I questioned that a little bit. It, it seemed like mm, maybe they played some shenanigans to get him back in this game. So I, I'm not I'm not convinced 100% that Hurts will not be in concussion protocol this week. That's true. Just because he came back doesn't mean he won't be in the We, we know that from Purdy. Right. Yeah, we'll figure all that out. Chris Waddell says this was two years ago, Debo. We need teams to make him mad every week. Yeah, uh, somebody texted me. I forget who it was. And they said, Angry Debo is my favorite player in the NFL. Angry <laughs> Debo is, whoo, man, he's a player unlike any other. Carlos says secondary gets the game ball. They really did a great job in the game all game long. They had a couple of big plays. I mean, the Eagles plays mostly came on chunks. They had a 38-yarder to A.J. Brown early in the game, but the Eagles only got a field goal. And then they had a 21-yarder to Devontae Smith and a 27-yarder to Boston Scott. But other than that, Jalen Hurts threw for 298 in the game, but most of that came with the 49ers up by three scores. Uh, I I don't know what's being said, but I I see that uh, B.A. and Debo are live on Instagram in the locker room. Oh, my God. (laughs) Oh, man. I can only imagine. Just another game, though, right? This game doesn't mean more, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's all you can't believe any of that. Samantha. Zamora says that Diamondor Lenore hit was scary on top of the game. As long as it's clean, I got no problem with it. It was a oh, clean play. It's a clean, good hit. I wouldn't say like it's cherry on top because I don't like to see people getting hurt. Right. But if it's a clean play, like, hey, that's yeah. that's the game, man. You can't go out there and say, well, you shouldn't have tackled me that hard. It was no, it mm-hmm. wasn't near the sideline or anything like that. Bay Marin says B-E-A-U-T-Y-B-U. Tiffle. Yes, it was. Ray Lee says, beat that ass in the link. Hashtag go Niners. Hashtag cry. Eagles cry. Love it. Shout out Mr. J Fizz. Yeah. New YouTube channel member. We appreciate that. I love everybody in the chat. This is awesome. 4King Crazy says, Ireland loves the Niners. Big watch party in Dublin next Sunday for the shite Hawks game. Ireland is red, not green. I did never in a million years did I think the game was going to go this way, Levin. I never thought it was going to go like this. I didn't think the Niners were going to blow them out. I did pick the Eagles to win, full disclosure. I had the Eagles 28-24. I, I was glad you didn't ask me for a prediction because we were on with Brandon Lee Gowden this week. Yeah. I didn't have to go there because I don't know what I would have picked. I, I'll just be honest. Like, I, I didn't. I don't love our matchup against Philly. Now, this game kind of changes my opinion because the offensive line was able to handle. Like They were able to run in this game. I did not anticipate. Yeah, they were. I, I thought that they would stay committed to the run to just keep some wear and tear on that defensive line, wear them out a little bit so they couldn't pass rushes efficiently. But they averaged, uh, I think uh, McCaffrey averaged five and a half yards per carry in this game. Yep, 17 for 93 and a touchdown. Niners as a team ran 28 times for 146 yards and two touchdowns in the game. One of my favorite plays in this game was a run. It was the Debo end around for the touchdown. Because Kyle Shanahan put Hassan Reddick in the blender. Reddick basically just rushes in every play. Play action be damned. Anything be damned. And Kyle did an end around to Debo and totally caught Reddick out of position because he crashed and he completely lost contain on the edge. And then it was Debo on the edge with Kittle out front blocking and good luck freaking tackling that. Yeah, it's just a beautiful game. Like there's so many avenues we could talk about. Like, you know, like we said, the run game. Purdy was amazing. Debo was amazing. Kittle on that uh, on the Debo touchdown to the right. Kittle made the last two defenders. He got both of them in the open Ooh. field. Like that, that's that's really good. Uh, but and then defensively, like I, I I think the defense as a whole played a really good game. There isn't one standout. There were no turnovers. There weren't that many sacks. They literally like just as a whole unit played well. The only time they gave up anything was when Wilkes decided, oh, hey, we could play it safe now and do soft coverage. Yeah, Wilkes had a lot of soft coverage in the game. But, uh, I mean, that was really the only time the Eagles gained any yardage, really. Yeah. Uh, Sean Big Grinch Anderson says, was it just me or was Greg Olson pro Philly commentary irritating as hell? I, Greg Olson is my favorite, to be honest with you, so I'm, I didn't notice it. But the Niners were scoring touchdowns so often that maybe I wasn't listening as closely. I don't think I would go as far as saying pro Philly, but there were a couple instances where I was surprised how hardlined he went with it. Like the hold, oh, they totally missed one there, and the Niners' benefit, I think, was yeah, the Ronnie paraphrasing Bell. his line. It was like, was that a hold? I could see it getting called, but I can also see it not getting called because it wasn't that dramatic, in my opinion. 
Here's it looked my... worse than what it really was. I don't think he truly held, but I could see it getting called because of the optics of it. Here's why Eagles fans are going to cry after the game. Because the Niners played tight coverage and the refs let him play a little bit. Mm-hmm. And the Niners had guys wide open. So there was no way that the Eagles could, play, you know, like could also right. get the benefit of the refs letting them play because the Niner guys were wide damn open. But guess what, everybody? You don't have to convince Eagles fans that the Niners won the game. You don't have to get them to admit that they won. You don't have to get them to stop making excuses. It don't matter. It's 42-19 from now until the end of time, okay? Till the heat death of the universe, mm-hmm. the history books are going to say the 49ers went into Philly and kicked the hell out of the Eagles. By the way, the uh, CBS NFL Twitter mm-hmm. account just tweeted Brock Purdy and said MVP question mark. So I, I think that train is officially kicked off for real. Like the national media, that I think that will be the take. They're going to be talking about the Niners are clearly the best team, but I think the bold takes will be Brock Purdy should be your leader of MVP. 23-year-old Brock Purdy is in the MVP conversation. Steven Duckett says, what a beautiful day. My daughter turned 13. The Niners beat Philly's ass. What a day. Happy birthday, Steven's daughter. 13. Welcome to a teenager. Oh, boy, Steven. I feel bad for you. <laughs> Valerie, thank you very much for the super sticker. We appreciate you. YouTube channel member. Valerie's a big supporter of the channel. We love you. Yeah, that's awesome. Chad Marshall says, hopefully the team stays humble and locked in. That's I what I'm worried about. Yeah. Finish not, Seattle next week. The division's locked. I'm not worried today. I can worry about that later. Uh, yeah. Today, it's all good. I just want to soak this in. Carlos says, guess Colin Cowherd's take on Purdy wearing a backwards hat was crap. He just punked your number one team. Goats, where's the backward hat? Ask Brady. Yeah, by the way, let me just uh, throw this on real quick. If, if I'm Purdy, I show up to the post game with a backwards hat. I know it's not professional, but, uh, you know, Brock Purdy did throw four touchdowns on the road in Philadelphia today. Just, yeah. you know, somehow. You know it would actually be hilarious to see if Brock Purdy got like a custom made hat that had a bill on both ends. <laughs> so it's both right. forward and backwards and just show up to the midweek press conference with that. That would be hilarious. Sean Big Grinch Anderson says, I disagree stats. The talking heads are going to be making excuses on why Purdy did what he did. His supporting cast. He's a seventh rounder. That's what it's been. It's not a come from behind. It is a come from behind. He was down six, nothing in the game. It wasn't a fourth quarter comeback, but that's because we were up by three in the fourth quarter. I mean, when you go on the road, you're down six, nothing, and you go six straight touchdown drives. That's MVP level stuff. And I know he didn't have six touchdown passes, but he had four. I mean, damn, how much better does he have to play? I I, I think the national media has kind of turned. Purdy's kept it up. This game for sure is a big one because it's against Philly on the road. I think the national media has started to turn. You only hear a couple of people still pushing that BS narrative of, oh, it's all the supporting cast. You know, people like Nick Wright, Colin Coward, whatever. Those are about the only people that are pushing it, the shock people, the people that are holding on to it because they know that they'll get clicks and reaction from it. Right. But the actual national overall, uh, I don't know what you want to call it, mantra or whatever, has changed narrative on Purdy has changed. I think. I think it's... It's not necessarily that they're going to give him full credit, but it's they're not going to try to take credit from him. Trigger J says, can't wait to see what Shady McCoy has to say after this game. He was really loud after last year's game. Hashtag get wrecked. Hashtag MV Purdy. That's the first time anyone's ever said, I can't wait to hear what Shady McCoy has to say about this. <laughs> uh, did your mom become a YouTube member twice? Um, Yes, because I realized the da bomb one. Mm-hmm. Was her because uh, I may or may not share a Gmail account with her. That's the secondary uh, account on my YouTube TV, so they can watch TV. Well, there you go. So that was her signing up, not realizing that it was still my account. Well, you get a fist pump anyway, Carol. Thank you. Hink Dad says the 49ers come from behind win on the road, Eastern Time Zone against the quality rival. Let's bleeping go. There's no more. What's your criticism of the 49ers? Your criticism of the 49ers, the only thing you have left is. Well, they don't come from behind in the fourth quarter to win. Well, if you're never losing in the fourth quarter, you yeah. don't have to freaking worry about it, Levin. And I think that's been the Niners' strategy this year. I think they were like, we don't want it to come down to whether or not our quarterback can hit an open receiver with four minutes left in the Super Bowl right. or whatever it was. We just want to be boat racing people the entire time. That's the better way to go. Remember when Happy Gilmore makes the hole-in-one and he says, oh, man, that's so much yeah. easier than putting. <laughs> yeah. That's all the 49ers are. They're like, it's so much easier to just be winning by three scores. Why don't we do that every time? I mean, if every team could do it, they would. 
Right. No team wants it to be close. No team wants to have to make a fourth quarter comeback. Look, you can say what you want about, oh, well, Purdy hasn't had a fourth quarter comeback. That That's grasping at straws. That's all right. I have nothing else. So I'm going to say the only thing I can say. And there'll be some talking heads that say that because you, I mean, you know, you, you worked at the worldwide leader. Yes. You, you can't have all of your hosts saying the exact same thing. You got to have a balance. You got to have some kind of counterpoint there. So there are sometimes that somebody might have to take an opinion and state it, even if they're not a hundred percent behind it, because you can't just have everybody going, he's great. He's great. He's great. He's great. Jason Waltz. I love this comment. Kyle finally took a page out of Andy Reid's playbook and kept pressing the gas. Yeah. Absolutely. No, didn't let the Eagles get any life whatsoever. Just kept on pressing, press until it hurts. I always say it and good. Absolutely. Uh, Chris Waddell says that's one thing to watch going forward. Those big plays on slants to AJ Brown were created by really bad angles from Jair. Easy for him to fix though. He's going to have some growing pains. Let's have him have those in a 42 to 19 win. Yeah. I mean, they were big plays, but I don't know that there's a whole lot you can do about it. Cause a lot of it was just play design of, they were running a guy out of the slot across to rub Chavarius uh, Ward off of A.J. Brown and give right. him space. And anytime you get a wide receiver hit in stride on a slant going across, they're likely to get a bunch of yak. I mean, that's the benefit to those plays. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Totally agree with you. New YouTube channel member, Nick Wilkinson. Thank you very much, Nick. Again, if you want to become a YouTube channel member, it's less than $3 a month. You get custom emojis. You get membership badges. You get priority comment response. We are live every single day of the week, pretty much. Assuming Levin can do it on Thursdays if his work schedule allows. So if you're new to the channel, thank you. Welcome. We are here. We do live shows every day. Like I said, we do 49ers and five in the morning, which is just a five minute update on everything that's going on with press conference clips. It clips from radio interviews that that Niners players do and just injury reports, all that stuff if you want to get caught up in the morning. So please uh, subscribe now. Matthew Rowley says, is it me or is Ambry Thomas number one CB right now? He's been playing out of his mind, Levin. He had multiple breakups in this game in the end zone. He had a, a big pass breakup early, deep down the field. He's been awesome. Yeah, he's been really, really good. I wouldn't quite say number one, but he's been playing really good and for the last, I would say, four weeks, he's probably the best number two in the entire league. Ooh, good question. Yeah. And you, you know what I mean? Like, he's he's been really good, and most teams don't have a good number two. Most teams are lucky if they have a number one that they can say, all right, you're going to match up one-on-one. The second guy and the third guy out of the slot are going to get the help from the safeties and the linebackers underneath, and we're going to trust our number one to stop him. The Niners, for the last four weeks, have been kind of been able to say, all right, we're going to give you help where we think they might try to go and not based on we got to really help out Ambry Thomas because he's a liability or help out Isaiah Oliver, who's a liability because he's no longer on the field in the same role. He played some safety today, I saw. And there were a couple of times I saw him in, but I don't think he was truly playing slot. Like mm-hmm. There were a couple of times he was down, but he wasn't on the slot receiver. He was either rushing or he was playing more of just like a zone coverage. So I think they've solved a lot of their secondary issues. And credit to Diamador Lenore to be able to be flexible and go outside, inside. Uh, he deserves a ton of credit. Uh, if you're watching on the stream, I just threw up this picture that someone uh, posted RSF 49ers has on Twitter. Total domination. It's the final score. And then uh, it's the stat lines 
for Brock Purdy, Christian McCaffrey, who had 133 total yards and a touchdown. Think about that. CMC only had one touchdown on the day, Levin. And then it's just, it's an embarrassment on the offensive side of the football. Yeah. <laughs> they got so many places to go. And Purdy is really good at diagnosing where to go. And obviously Kyle is really good about quickly analyzing going, all right, they're taking away that. Yep. So we're going to go to this. And you saw that in this game, the big adjustment. Uh, I do have one thing that I just see on here that Kyle said in the post game that Eric Armstead injured his foot and didn't return. So we do have ah. one injury to be monitoring this week. That is not good because Armstead has been great mm -hmm. for the 49ers. He had the foot injury coming in, which wasn't great. So maybe he re-aggravated it. We know he's dealing with the Liz Frank, too. That's something that can kind of flare up at any time. So that's a little bit of a downer. Uh, Larkin says, I live in Pennsylvania. Tonight I bathe <laughs> in eagle's tears. It almost sounds like the shredder from the Ninja Turtles. Tonight I dine on turtle soup. If you know, you know. <laughs> Devin Meckley says, from Central PA, I needed this win. You think yeah. Purdy will get some respect now? 23-point win, $23 super chat. Oh, I like that, Devin. Thank you very much. Hopefully the Niners can win by like 50 or 60 next week. <laughs> <laughs> it could work, guys. I mean, I'll, I'll take it. I, I like that strategy. Uh, feel free, everybody else, to follow that example if you want. <laughs> Can we make that a rule? Whatever the yeah. Niners by. Uh, Joseph Faccio says, Brocky Balboa, yo stats, we did it. Yeah, did we put stuff on the Rocky statue this week? I want to know. We did, yeah. Oh, Eagles fans are very, you know, oh, you never learn, blah, blah, blah. Jason Aponte said it on Tuesday. It doesn't matter. It's a freaking statue, man. I know, but. It's so fun. I mean, that, that's part of what makes. Oh, yeah. Fun. No, I'm for it. Go do it. That's what I'm saying. Matthew Rowley says the wind was so thorough that Grant Cohen was slobbering all over both Kyle and Brock on Twitter, even said they might win the Super Bowl. I mean, what else are you going to say? What is the? There is no negative. The only negative thing you can oh, say today about the Niners is Greenlaw. That's it. And like he'll, he'll find something by the time you talk to him on Wednesday. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> Shout out to Larkin. Thank you for the super chat. Dog Boys Wallet says great. From the maligned offensive line, the secondary, and Debo being Debo. Only now is my mojo finally back since losing by default last year. Andy in the UK. The Niners have special, special players. McCaffrey was incredible in this game because he was gaining yards that were not mm -hmm. blocked for him. He was making guys miss. He was doing it. Obviously, we saw Debo just literally being Debo and making special plays. And we saw third and Jawan, too, actually, a couple times yeah. in this game. Well, that touchdown... Yeah, uh, that touchdown was probably that caused the greatest tweet of this game. So I somebody I had never seen before. I didn't follow him, but I saw it in my feed because other people retweeted it was the 49ers version of the Eagles tush push. And it was <laughs> Juwan Jennings stiff arming. I don't remember the defender, but stiff arming him and then going and scoring. So um, Michelle's going to have to have Eat a it, week Michelle. of uh, dealing with Juan Jennings talk. I texted her immediately after. What do you think about that, Michelle? I thought about like tagging her on Twitter, but I was like, you know what? This is just a great game. I want to keep the good vibes going. I'm not going to tag her. Troll Babe her. Marin says this. There is a complaint. We didn't score 49 and missed our chance to stamp our name on their forehead. So mad. Yeah, that's funny. That's pretty much the only. That's like Mike Shanahan in the Super Bowl in Super Bowl 29 when Steve Young threw six touchdown passes. He was mad he didn't get eight. That's pretty much where we are. Uh, Mr. J Fizz says, you guys are awesome. Love the content. Embrace the Woody hashtag. <laughs> See, I didn't even have to bring it up this time. God forbid. I, I apparently when I wear a plaid shirt, I look like Woody and Levin wants me to embrace it. I, I totally missed an opportunity. and I'm so mad at myself. The other day you called me. We were talking on the phone. I was getting my kid out of the car seat and you heard my kid talking. And yep. I think you thought my kid was talking to you on the phone. So I heard you go, oh, Hi. And my wife, as soon as like I got off the phone, she was like, you should have had my kid say, hi, Woody. Because <laughs> that's I, what she knows you as. And that would have been hilarious. I missed an opportunity. Yeah, I would have been all for it. Uh, Fulking <laughs> Crazy says the Eagles tried to build a big lead early and they knew they were going to be spent late in the game. So they came at us hard. We yep. held them to two field goals and then smashed them in the mouth. Yeah. And, and you know, it's funny the way those red zone possessions worked out. Because the Niners did a good job. First one comes down to third and seven at the eight-yard line, and it's an incomplete pass. Hurts throws, and it's broken up by Traverius Ward in the end zone. He threw, tried to throw a touchdown to A.J. Brown. But because it was incomplete on third and seven, it was too far 
for the Eagles to go for it on fourth down. They mm-hmm. didn't give up any yards on third, so they eliminated that sort of advantage that the Eagles had, and so they had to kick the field goal there instead of trying for the touchdown, and obviously it paid off for the 49ers. Yeah, the defense, they kind of bent in the beginning, but they didn't break, and that allowed the Niners to have a chance in this game because I think if it was 14-0, things would have probably been different. Yes, I, I think things would have cratered. So them only allowing two field goals there was huge because it meant one touchdown and the 49ers have the lead. And that's exactly what happened. And then the 49ers kept going, but they had other instances. Like the Eagles started out four out of five on third down. Yep. And then in the second half, every time a third down and like six plus came up, they made the stop. And that was huge. Absolutely. In the game, Chris Waddell says, did Ward follow AJ Brown again? Did he do it all game? I don't know. I know. I don't know if he did it every play, but he definitely did it a large majority of the time. The second time the Eagles got in the red zone, remember it was it was second and six, and Jalen Hurts drops back. He holds the ball for so long, and he was holding it and holding it, and then he just fell down. And Javon Kinlaw touched him down for the sack, but they lost uh, fifteen yards on that play. So that brought down that brought up third and twenty one. And even though the Eagles gained eight yards on the play, again it was another situation where fourth and 13 in the red zone is just too long for the Eagles to go for it. So they never had that card to play. Mm -hmm. And it was massive in the game because like we said, after that, the Niners just decided, Hey, let's just score touchdowns every time. (laughs) I mean, it's beautiful. Wasn't it? I mean, this game was uh, very, very enjoyable. It it was sweet. And I want to, I want to bring it up again because I've said it after a couple games this year. Don't take it for granted. These times will not stay forever. You got to strike while the iron is hot. Al Sacco says the Niners have scored 30 plus points in 13 of their last 18 regular season games. They have scored, yeah, 30. I think it's eight times this year, at least 30, I should say, at least 30. The offense is absolutely incredible right now. Edgar says it's a shame Debo can't be the kick returner. He got like 35 or 30 yards every time from very deep. Very good. You You know what I like about Debo? When Debo's the kick returner, he's like seven yards deep. Don't care. YOLO. I'm returning <laughs> this because I never get to do it. And he just runs it out. Debo could be maybe the best kick returner in the league. Like he's that, that's his specialty. Open the open field, finding the right spot, going with speed and breaking tackles. He actually nearly had one returned for a touchdown in this game. I think it was the last one he had. Yeah, he was pretty close. Look to the outside. And somebody got a shoestring tackle on him, literal shoestring tackle. If he had been able to stay on his feet after that, literally there was only one person that was there and he was already being blocked by one of the, one of the guys on the outside. So Debo would have had the sideline. Trent Williams with the quote of the game afterwards. <laughs> quote, when we have a quarterback, we're a pretty good team. <laughs> <laughs> at first I thought maybe he was talking about, you know, we think Brock is the man as opposed to other quarterbacks, but I'm sure he was just talking about the fact that they actually had a healthy quarterback in the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's a great line from Trent. I Scott says two red zone trip stops in the first quarter really won us the game. In my opinion, I think you're totally right. Joseph Faccio says Jennings touchdown equals mayonnaise mimosa for Michelle. You guys are disgusting, but also I would love to see her have to do that. <laughs> Matthew Rowley says, great game, Niners game. Sorry, but I have to drop out and find an Eagles show and hurt people's feelings. Yeah, I'm a bad person. Don't do that. Again, you're done with the Eagles now. You have washed your hands. You destroyed them. They can No, no, no. Go ahead. Go have your fun. Just don't go too far with it. But go troll a little bit. Like That's that's fun. Just like if we were losing, if we lost this game and Eagle fans showed up in the comments and were trolling us, like, yeah, it would be annoying, but I would expect it. And it's part of what makes sports great. I don't do that. I don't rub it in. Unless you come at me first, which Eagles fans were coming at me all week, I won't rub it in. But if you come at me, then I will definitely uh, take advantage. Connor says the Irish faithful have a meetup next Sunday for the Seahawks game in Buskers on the ball in Dublin, Ireland. All welcome. Let's go Niners. Here you go. If you're in Ireland. There you go. Head to the uh, head to the meetup and hopefully you can celebrate uh, another Niners win. And that's about the most Irish of names I've ever seen. Connor McSweeney. <laughs> Connor McSweeney. <laughs> I was a little worried when he said we have an Irish faithful meetup. I was thinking 
you know, Notre Dame fighting Irish. And I grew up in Indiana. I'm not a Notre Dame fan. So, you know, my, my stance on Notre Dame. So who gets your game ball, Levin? It's hard to pick. Yeah, that, that, that that's a tough one. There's a lot of deserving ones. I, I would have to say you probably got to go with Debo. Purdy had a big game, but there was a lot of yak. And Debo did a lot of the talking and he backed it up. So I, I think you end up having to go with him because he was the one that was in the forefront all offseason. And then he came and he backed it up. It's a fair, it's a fair pick by you. I mean, the guy was just an absolute monster in the game. Four catches, 116 yards, two touchdowns. He averaged 29 yards per catch. Also had a three carries for 22 yards and a rushing touchdown in the game. That was vintage Debo. We saw vintage 2021 Debo Samuel there, and it was a, a beautiful thing. Actually, I take it back. It's Jake Moody. He was six of six on extra points. <laughs> And there was like a scrum, and then he had to kick a longer one, too. <laughs> Michael says, talking cash, not trash. $23 donation. Thank you very much. Andre Garibay says, Greenlaw fighting was dumb, but it got everyone else pumped. Christian McCaffrey, Bosa, they were all mad, and you can tell juices got flowing. Everyone was standing up. I mean, it was such a bizarre situation. I've never seen a head of security physically make contact with yeah. a player on the field. And if you saw this, did you see it? As that guy, whatever the hell his name was, Dom or whatever. Dom is what they were saying, which I, I did see one one tweet out there where somebody was saying the the broadcast Vish. team giving him a name and, and, you know, making him a true person when they never do that with fans who get, get onto the field when they shouldn't. That's how he should have been treated. He should not have been named. It should have just been this guy who crossed the line. So it was interesting because if you, you know, I pay attention to all the little nuggets on the broadcast. They said earlier in the game that they went out to eat at this restaurant and it was so good. And that the Eagles head of security gave them sort of the yeah. recommendation, maybe got them like a little bit of a hookup. And then sure enough, this guy ends up being yeah. like a major character in the game. They definitely treated him. I thought like, Oh, this is such an amazing thing that he did. Yeah. And if you notice when he was leaving the field, he and Sirianni met up and they were like joking and laughing. Mm -hmm. I almost wonder if Sirianni was like, Hey, we'll make that trade. The second best linebacker oh, in sure. the NFL gets ejected and we just lose your ass. Did you, did you see what Sirianni said to the refs? He said 57 better be thrown out. Right. Yeah. Like, and that, that's why it should never be tolerated. That's why the NFL has to make a hard line and say, this guy can never be on the sidelines again. You know, if you want to say, I don't think you can necessarily ban him completely and say the Eagles have to fire him. They don't have that power, but they should be able to say he's never allowed on the sidelines again. And I think that's legit, especially it, in the game. You have to. It, it's a line that can never, ever be crossed, period. As somebody's uh, put out there, and I saw it in one of the comments, all right, somebody go get the boombox guy right. to get into a fight with Jalen Hurts so that they both get ejected. We'll take that. Like that. That's the problem. If you allow it, you run into the situation where a team can have a low-level employee create contact and try to get a reaction. Kyle Shanahan after the game, quote, I just can't believe someone not involved in football mm -hmm. can taunt our players like that and put their hands in our guy's face. And you know what? He's right. And again, I blame Greenlaw because he still was in control of himself and he didn't have to respond the way that he did. But the, the, the security guy absolutely started the altercation first. Unequivocally, 100%. He put his hands on Greenlaw first. Kyle's right. There better be, and you're right, Levin, there better be big consequences because you cannot have that. You just can't. Right. Greenlaw was ejected because the, the rule in the NFL is if you make contact with another person's head area with a closed fist, mm -hmm. it's an automatic ejection. His fist was closed at the time that he touched he Dom's nose, nose yep. or whatever you want to call him. And so that's why it was an automatic ejection. If he had slapped him, he might not have gotten ejected because it does allow for open hand where then it's up to the referee's discretion. But the closed fist made it a the ref, it's out of the referee's hands. And so that's why he was ejected. And Greenlaw just has to know that. Don't close your fist. Well, how about don't take a swing? Could we just well, say that? Like, I don't think he truly took a swing. I, I think he was wanting to point in the guy's face yep. and like threaten him by doing, you know, the whole fake out thing where you put the fist right up to the guy's nose, but don't quite hit him. And he went too far. But that's why you can't risk that. Yep, I totally agree. But good on Kyle for speaking out about it. Jeff Berger says Brock Purdy's MVP after this game. We'll see. We talked about that. 
Knees says, Rob, was Kyle Shanahan aggressive for enough for you? Yes. Excuse me. Finally, he yeah. was. He went for it on fourth down, too. More, yeah. Kyle. I'm sitting there like Kylo Ren the whole time. More, more. Give it to me. Yes. This is what they can do. This is what they can do. And remember, they had negative six yards in the first quarter, and they still dropped 42 in the game. And to be honest, they could have put up more because in the fourth quarter, they were more concerned with running clock than they were scoring. Have you heard from Brandon Lee Gowden? I know you two are kind of buddies. I haven't. Uh, he, he said has... on Thursday he's not real worried about too much in this game, as if really? the Niners were just going to – the Eagles were going to be able to do what they want. You're right. You're absolutely right. Uh, this is a good point, too, by Chris Waddell. says the Eagles weren't penalized yeah. for that play. Why wasn't there a 15-yard penalty called on the sideline? They could have called unsportsmanlike conduct yeah. on the sideline. They absolutely... Sideline violation. Yep. 100%. They could have called it on both. And they could have tossed both, too, like they did. So that's a fair point. I didn't think of that in the moment. So thank you, Chris, for bringing that up. Uh, let's see. Boatswain Boogie says, I have an Eagles fan that owes me 50 bucks. Good show, fellas. Not a game all day. Let's bleepin' go. Oh, my God, it feels so good. It feels so – well, let's take a look at it, Levin. Look at the rest of the season for the 49ers. I got the schedule here. I'll pull it up if you're watching the stream, right? So we got past the Eagles. And how about this, by the way, the murderer's row. So far, the Niners have gone win in Seattle on Thanksgiving, win against the Eagles. Now they have Seattle, Arizona, Baltimore, Washington, and the Rams. That's the rest of the regular season. And if the Eagles lose to the Cowboys next week, then we're talking Niners right back in the mix for number one seed. Yeah, this is at worst 11 wins. And I think quite likely they're going to either run the table or only lose one. And which one that is, I don't know. That Ravens game scares the heck out of me. Yep. That's the scariest one. That is by far the scariest one. All the other ones, they they should absolutely be double-digit favorites, in, in my opinion. The Ravens one's the one that worries me, but that doesn't mean another team can't surprise. The Niners very well might run the table once again, which would be, what, a nine-game winning streak, I believe, to finish the season after going 10 straight last year? Yeah, that would be nine. That would be nine to close out the regular season. Uh, Toletier on Twitch says Seahawks game is a classic trap game next week. Yes, but uh, also the Eagles suck. Or excuse me, the Seahawks I, suck. The Cardinals game is the trap game. With Kyle because of- you're going to essentially wrap up the division if you beat the Seahawks. Yeah. That's what's on the line. Now are you going on the road to a team that's had your number, that's been able to beat you more than other teams in the Shanahan era, and – they're not a good team. So that that's the letdown. And you have the Ravens after that on Christmas. So you're kind of looking ahead. Yeah, I agree. Blanton says the Rams are looking good. Yeah, they actually are. I think the Rams are going to make the playoffs, except the game I don't think is going to matter by then. It's week 18. I think the Niners are going to – maybe it'll matter for seeding. Yeah. But other than that, like, I think the Niners are going to, you know, have it pretty much wrapped up. James T. Kirk, shout out to you, says, thanks, guys, for the content. My first and number one source for Niners podcasts. But what was your prediction, Rob? Cheers. Uh, yes, I had predicted 28-24 Eagles. I did. I don't pick the Niners to win every game. I'm glad I was wrong. I was wrong. The Niners kicked the hell out of them. Yes, I am happy about that. All right, first off, do we know if William Shatner is a Niners fan? I don't. but if Because that might be him. <laughs> James C. Kirk is in a lot of our streams. So if it's it, him, it would be kind of like a cheeky way of him being himself, but not necessarily calling right. himself by name. Samuel Bonilla says, like our odds of running the table, but don't forget, we play the Seahawks, Cardinals, and Commanders with a rest disadvantage. Should win each, I think, but it's harder due to the schedule. Yeah, the Niners have five games with a rest disadvantage this year. That's the most of anybody in the league. That's why I said at the top of the show, I don't want to hear the Eagles complaining. I don't want to hear the Eagles complaining about it because nobody has dealt with that more than the 49ers. San Francisco travels the second most miles of anybody in the entire league this year in the NFL, only to Seattle. So I don't want to hear other people complaining about the rest disadvantage. Tough. The Niners have faced it all year long. So uh, your complaints fall on deaf ears to me. Yeah, they, they got no no room to stand on with that. The Niners have played one of the most difficult schedules this season. I think they're in the top five after this game for sure. Top five. I think they were third coming into this game. You can't quote me on that. Um, so they played a really difficult schedule. This was at Philly. Mm-hmm. Philly's at home. So you don't really get to complain. The Niners had to travel that far distance. I mean, that's literally one of the furthest games you can possibly get to. I mean, you you got, what, Boston, the New York teams, 
and the Florida teams are about the only ones who would be further. So like th- th- they got no nothing to stand on. This is one of those games where you where Eagle fans just have to take the humble pie. You got you got no way to wiggle out of it and say, well, yeah, but this. Just take it and be like, hey, we got beat. And guess what? When you say that, it ends. When somebody's smack talking to you and going, we whooped your butts 42 to 19, you go, you're right. We played like crap. It right. ends the conversation. Look at this garbage on ESPN.com. San Francisco's Brock Purdy throws four touchdown passes as 49ers thump injured Hurts. Eagles 42 nine. He got checked for concussion. He was out for half a drive. In the game. What are we talking about, ESPN? We kicked the hell out of the Eagles. And by the way, what was the score of the game when he even went out? We were dominating. That is such a bogus headline on ESPN. Yeah, it was 35-19, I think, when he went out. Right. Let me fix it for you, ESPN. It was 42-19 by the time the Eagles got the ball and he missed a couple plays. So. Brock Purdy and Niners kicked the tar out of the Eagles in their own house. Comma, best team in the NFL. There. I fixed it for you. What is that garbage from ESPN.com? It, it should be 100% Brock Purdy. No mention of Debo in the headline. Right. Like 49ers the- with Brock Purdy and Debo dominate the Eagles. Did the AI write that? I know that was Sports Illustrated, but goddamn ESPN. Holy hell. Uh, Four King Crazy says stats is Brock Purdy franchise quarterback now. I'm not going to change my position, guys. The whole point of waiting is to wait, okay? But it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if I say Brock Purdy is a franchise quarterback. He threw four touchdowns. I guarantee you Brock's not staying up. It matters to us, stats. (laughs) (laughs) So my position won't change. I thought Brock was – he didn't force it early, which is to his credit, right? Because he could have got a little nervous and thought like, oh, my God, it's 6 nothing. We haven't done anything. He didn't do that. He had one pass, I think, in the game that I would call a turnover-worthy play where it was kind of almost in the hands of the Eagle defender and it kind of got broken up because he and the receiver collided. But other well, than once that, again, that, it wasn't a bad decision. It was an inaccurate throw. Yeah, I thought that he was a little less accurate than normal. Um, but he played great. He played great today he scrambled how about him taking the tackle and bouncing off the tackler when he scrambled to the left yeah. like i thought the eagles thought they were going to get a big shot on him and he was just like nope my turn and he scrambled for a first down yeah the mini both of thighs there came, came to fruition he broke that yeah. tackle I now, he, he was huge after the first two drives where he was oh of four i think he was what 19 of 23 for 314 <laughs> yards and four touchdowns like you can't get better. Yeah, I I mean I how anybody could complain about him, I don't know. Uh the Eagles suffered a scare, this ESPN.com article says when Hertz jogged off the field in the fourth quarter and went straight to the locker room. He was cleared to play and returned to action with about ten minutes left. He missed half a drive. And by the way, I think the Eagles scored a touchdown on the drive where he came back anyway. So like that is just a bogus headline by ESPN. I think I think the Eagles suffered a scare when they were getting dunked on. For 49ers. <laughs> the scare was, holy crap, the Niners are really good, and we might have to play these guys again. That's the scare. And come on, Dallas. I am pushing so hard for Dallas next week. I hope Dallas gets up early, and, and let's see where the chips fall. Because if the Niners get the number one seed and they get a mm-hmm. week of rest, they're going at least to the NFC Championship game. They're going. Yeah, I, I would agree. I mean, they're probably going to the NFC Championship game anyways but like that 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 uh buy would be huge because they had a pretty early it's right in the middle of the season they're going to be what nine straight games so by the time they hit the playoffs it'll be the 10th straight week playing the bye week would be huge if they can get it i'm looking on twitter shanahan says it was debo's idea to return kicks with ray ray mcleod dealing with an injury he has done it before yes he did it in the packers game uh the game that they won on the blocked punt debo returned kicks in that game he's done it before Ronnie Bell scared the hell out of me. I texted you like, let's just not have people back there returning kicks. Uh, Okay, you've got a comment up here. I'm going to let you read this one if you want to read it. Sign me to nine. Your loyal Twitch person who's pretty much here every single show, at least when I'm on, says, you got it. Hoping Stats pays more attention to Twitch if we got more subscribers. What are you doing? You're forgetting your Twitch homies? No, I mean, I stream the Madden matchup every week. I usually get my ass kicked in the Madden matchup, but it's been a good sign because when I get beat in the simulation, the Niners boat race whoever they're playing, so I I can't get too upset about it. I love the Twitch audience. Thank you, everybody. 
Uh, let's see. Carlos says Greenlaw needs to be smarter. James T. Kirk says, so great to see Rob ecstatic about the win. He's been creating great stuff all week and super stressed. Yes, thank you. I finally don't have Ajita anymore. I finally could just. <laughs> you and that word. I heard it all week. Every every time like I tuned in, like I didn't get every last minute this week heard, but I listened to every show, at least some, and I heard it on every single show. That's the only word to describe it. Uh, ben Richards says, stats is still clueless on a handle Twitch subscribers. Yes, I am. I am. I don't get Twitch. Okay. I'm old. All right. I'm 38. I'm going to be 39 next month. I am old. I admit it. I'm sorry. I'll try and be better. I'm trying to learn. Okay. I apologize. Uh, inevitable uh, Invisible Biscuit says he never mentions the Twitch subs. Shout out to everybody that is a subscriber on Twitch. Thank you. Thank you. I'm sorry. I'm learning. It's okay? too late. I created this whole thing on the fly. I'm still getting my pants on with this damn thing. You we better got, have pants on. We got a couple of things in the works that hopefully if they work out, we'll be able to make some big announcements, but I can't mention anything right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, let's just enjoy this win. Uh, Jason Waltz says stats has overplayed his hand with Purdy. He needs to just say the words already. Purdy is worthy of being recognized as the 49ers best quarterback since Steve Young. Just can't we just enjoy that the Niners are kicking everybody's ass? Like, why do you, why does me not willing to give some ridiculous title to Brock Purdy. Like, why does that matter? And I don't want to fight about this today. I'm not fighting about this today. On a day when the 49ers win 42 to 19, I'm not fighting. So let me say, like, I proclaimed Purdy a few weeks ago. Just because I did it and most other people do it, Stats has a hard, clear line that he's not going to call anything until two years. That's okay. Like, it's... I don't agree with it. It's not how I operate. I try to hold, imagine this, the middle ground. I don't make declarations right off the bat. But once I feel confident that, yes, this really is the real version of this person, there's been enough time for teams to try stuff. I've seen enough of this player being able to adjust to different coverages or or whatever, depending on the position, because it's not just about quarterbacks. I will go ahead and call it. But Stats has said from the very beginning, he's not going to say, for sure, until two years. That's not him slighting Purdy. Like, people need to stop pretending like that's him saying Purdy isn't it. He hasn't done enough. Like, it's just he's going to be stubborn and wait two years. <laughs> and also, like, it doesn't mean he can't play really well in the interim. And I've complimented him all the time. I always will. Uh, Brisby Life says, Rob, I'm older than you. Let's discuss Switch stuff after the stream. Sure, man. I'm, I need to learn. I'm down for it. Diego says, shout out to the YouTube subscribers. Yes, thank you to you, Diego, who has been a supporter of us since I before I left SB Nation and definitely since I left SB Nation. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much to all the YouTube subscribers. If you want to do it, it's less than $3 a month. It's a great way to support the channel. You get custom emojis. You get membership badges. You get priority comment response. So thank you to everybody. And I just can't wait, Levin. Let's just sit back and enjoy the entire football world saying nice things about the 49ers. The challenge this week is how do you say something nice that's different from what the other person said? Because that's what we're going to be hearing all week long. For sure. I do. I, I'm just seeing here, Ian Rappaport is, has tweeted something that the pool report uh, from the NFL vice president of officiating, Walt Anderson, and uh, they asked him specifically about the whole situation. They said three questions about the sideline interaction. Yep. First was, why was Dom, his name is apparently Dom DeSandro, mm -hmm. asked to leave the sideline? And I'm, I'm just scanning here. They said the non-player, he was contributing to that escalation, Rule 19, does not afford us the ability to help the officials in throwing a flag that they do not throw for a non-player. That's only afforded for a player action, so that's why there was no penalty. Well, they need they can call it unsportsmanlike on the sideline, though. They don't need to call it on a specific coach. They can call it on the sideline. I've seen it called before. I think it's because he's not a coach. If he's a coach or a player, then it's enacted. But because he was security, it's not something that the NFL strictly allows a penalty for, which goes even that's further it. into that's why that guy should never be allowed on the sideline again, period. Yeah, fix it. Because that. they can't yeah. even penalize them for him overstepping it's it's ridiculous it's absolutely ridiculous and he needs to be dom DeSandro. yep get it the hell out of here man absolutely ridiculous but that was the only bad thing that happened to the 49ers all day long they kicked the tar out of the eagles baby bring it on 
That's it. Now I'm going ultra confident stats the rest of the way. Bring it on. Sorry. I finished reading his second follow-up response. Cause again, this is the vice president of officiating. So this is the guy that's sitting in the control room of the NFL. This is not the referee of the game. He said rule 19 is the one that allows them to use their video evidence to assist the referees to make a call. Right. The rules on rule 19 is that they cannot use the video to assist them to call a non-player involved penalty. So that's why there's no penalty. The refs on the field did not see it, did not call a sideline violation, and the NFL back in the offices in New York are not able to then say, hey, they had a sideline violation. Well, they need to be able to do it because otherwise that's a frigging loophole, man. That is a loophole. You could have guys inciting players the whole game long if you wanted to. Uh, good on you're, Kyle. You're not wrong, but that's why there's zero tolerance. Like he can't be back on the sideline. Good and on Kyle for calling. There, there have been like former players, Hall of Fame level players, Darius Butler's one of them, that have pretty much come out and said that. Well, that was the only bad thing that happened in the Niners. You know, yeah. you could argue like well, hey, Eric Drake, Armstead was standing. That's the only injury I've seen so far, by that's the way. That's true. And we'll find out more tomorrow. Kyle Shanahan has a conference call. Uh I'll say this. You can make the argument like Drake Greenlaw kind of got you know, half a day's work or three quarters of a day's work. Like he might be a little more rested for next week. Right. Cause he didn't have to play. He's probably going to get a fine though. Yeah. You well, uh, they, they find for everything, but so anyway, please like, and subscribe to the channel. You can find the gold standard podcast network everywhere. You get your podcasts. If you want to support us, leave a five-star rating and a review on Apple pods. That is massive, massive, massive. Like I said, we stream every single weekday. We have shows seven days a week uh, in the podcast and on the YouTube channel. So if you're new to the channel, thank you. Welcome. We are here year round, by the way. We don't go anywhere. So we are your source for 49ers coverage all year round. Levin, I know you rescheduled your work. So you've got someone to cover your shift for tonight. So thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And let's just uh, let's just soak this in, baby. <laughs> yeah, I get to soak it in while I go do schoolwork. Woo! Hey, everybody celebrate in your own way. Be safe. Enjoy the rest of your night, everybody. We'll talk to you tomorrow. This has been a Gold Standard Podcast Network production, part of the Fans First Sports Network.